Welcome to the Watershed Teaching Podcast. Watershed is the high school ministry of Perimeter Church in Johns Creek, Georgia. Perimeter Church is part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Watershed is a place where we hope high school students would connect, receive, and transform. We want to see students connect with God and others through healthy community, receive His truth through gospel-centered, grace-based teaching, and be transformed by the gospel to then go transform their world. Thank you for downloading this podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.perimeter.org slash watershed. Hey guys, um, if you know me at all, you know that I love stories. I like to read stories. I like to write stories. I like movies and TV shows are a big hobby of mine because those are stories. Um, A lot of the video games I play, I play because I love the story. Um, And the cool thing about our reality is it's a story. From the beginning of time until the eventual end of things, you could write the the history of mankind as if it's a a story. And the Bible functions as this really cool, like, magic x-ray mirror where we get to look into a couple thousand uh, year period of time and, and not only see the history of what was happening there as far as this story is concerned, but we also get to see what God was doing in the background, how he was moving, who he was using. Um, and, and the coolest thing we get to see about this story is firstly that it's God's story and it's one that he's writing with, with Christ at the center and everything before Christ pointing to him and everything after Christ pointing back to him and pointing forward to when he'll return. But we see this unique thing about the character of God and that for his plan and how he's writing this story, he doesn't choose to just write it and then we have to do what it says. Um, we see that the character of, of our God is one that chooses to partner with man in this unexplainable clash of his sovereignty and in our free will to make decisions. Um, and the coolest thing about that is, and I want you to remember this phrase, um, not the people you would expect. The phrase, not the people or not the person that you would expect. And, and that when God partners with man, it's not the people we would expect for him, for him to choose to partner with. I'll give you some examples. You can take Joseph from the Old Testament, who is basically some kid hanging out in a field with some goats who had a really pretty coat. Um, and then by the end of his life, after a whole bunch of tragedy, he's one of the highest officials of Egypt, which is wild. And he basically saves everyone um, from starvation and, and a famine. You look at Jonah who, when God wanted to redeem a people, he chose that he thought those people should die. And so he runs away. Not exactly a a qualified person for bringing a a loving message to people. You look at someone like the Apostle Paul, who is effectively a terrorist to Christians uh, for most of his life, and that he killed them, he hunted them down, he locked them up. Um, But then we see God intervene and and redeem him, and he writes most of the New Testament. You see people like the Apostle Peter, um, who is arrogant and a coward, which are two really unfortunate things to be combined, because that just gets obnoxious when someone's arrogant and cowardly. But he's the person who God chooses to build his church on. Even Jesus himself, 
Like the Pharisees of the time, when you think about a savior coming, you would think he would descend from the clouds in a chariot of fire, but he came as a baby in a manger in some guy's barn in the middle of the town of Bethlehem of all places. And so these are not the the people or ways that we would think a a big powerful God would, would choose to accomplish his will, but for some reason he's chose to partner with man in these things. And I want to tell you a story today about someone named Rahab, um, a, a person who's not the person you would expect to, to be used for what God used her for. Now, I'm going to have Mark put the, the uh, text references on the screen right here. It's Joshua 2, 1 through 24 and 6, 22 through 25. I want you guys to, to pause the video here and read these verses with your groups. Um, that's almost 30 verses and I'm going to go way over time if I try to read all of that in my talk. So I'm going to have you pause here, um, and then hit play again when you're done. And I'm going to kind of summarize the story. So go ahead and do that now. Okay. So hopefully y'all have read that. Um, and I'm going to try to put that, um, not in Greek translated to English, English translated to Chase. Um, so basic events of this story, Israel's about to cross the Jordan river and there's the city of, of Nineveh in their way. And, um, they send two spies into the city and they're staying at this inn where they meet a woman named Rahab. Now Rahab pretty quickly realizes these, these are spies. Um, and the king knows that the spies are there. So he sends men to, to, to look for these spies because they're the enemy. And Rahab tells them they came here and I know who they are, but as soon as they came, they left and, and you should chase them down. So, so the people go in pursuit of the spies who Rahab has actually hidden with her there. And she, she goes to these spies and she says, uh, we're, we're scared of you guys. Um, we've heard about what your God did with Egypt. We heard about how he dried up the Red Sea. And I know that the city is already yours, if that's the God you have, because he's the God of above the earth and below the earth. And she says, if, if I help you escape, will you spare me and my family when you, when you take the city? And they tell her yes, and to hang a string of crimson outside um, of her window. And that's really significant that it's a a string of crimson. Earlier, I talked about how everything before Christ points to him and everything after points back to him and then forward to to when he comes back. And this is similar symbolism to the Passover, where in the Passover, we have lamb's blood on a doorframe, so the angel of death and the wrath of God passes over those households in peace. Here, we have a string of crimson, just like the lamb's blood symbolizing the the blood of Christ who is to come and God's people and the wrath of God pass over Rahab and her family. Now, some points about Rahab uh, to know who she was. Rahab was a prostitute. Now, at this period of history, women were not valuable. Um, like, at all. They were essentially property, and their purpose was, was to produce sons, for, for their husbands. And, and Rahab was not only a woman, but she was a prostitute, meaning not only was she subhuman, she was sub-subhuman, and in, in that she was just an object to be used 
for for people's pleasure. What winds up happening with Rahab is she plays this role uh, of of Israel uh, uh, conquering this city. But that's not the coolest part of the story. Because the coolest part of the story is because she was faithful and she took initiative here. You know, this wasn't something that just fell into her lap. She chose to save those spies. Um, She's brought into the family of God. She's brought into Israel and she marries. And she has a son whose name is Boaz. And if you know who Boaz is, you're like, whoa, that's super cool. Because Boaz married Ruth. And this puts Rahab directly in the lineage of Jesus because their great, 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 great descendant was Joseph, who was Jesus's father. Now we look back at the characters I listed before and now the character of Rahab and what we see are unqualified, um, seemingly unuseful, sometimes morally inept. I mean, you look at someone like King David, who was an adulterer and then murdered someone, and Rahab, who was a prostitute. These are not the people you would think God would use. But God chose to use Rahab here, this random prostitute from, from Nineveh. And this was God's plan for her, but there's something key to know there, and that God didn't need Rahab. He didn't need, I mean, if you want to get like technical, Joseph wasn't even Jesus's like biological father. He was kind of like a holy stepfather, right? So you have, he didn't, God didn't need her genes. He certainly didn't need her talents. She was a prostitute, Um, but he wanted her. God could have just like zapped the city and been done with it, right? But, But he chose to use Rahab in in conquering the city, and that's because God is in the business of redeeming unqualified, immoral, broken people. And so when someone tells you, when I tell you God has a plan for your life, what is it that, that, how do, how do, what does that make you feel? What do you think? Um, If you're anything like me, you kind of roll your eyes. Um, my wife and I are both residents here and our jobs end in August. So we're currently on, on the job hunt. And that's an anxious, anxious thing to basically have a, a professional expiration date. And as we're kind of stressing about it all the time, people come up to us and, and tell us, you know, Hey, God's got a plan for y'all. Don't worry about it. And if I'm honest, I just kind of sit there. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Give me a job. You know, like it's, it's very easy to, to, to take that truth of God having a, a plan for your life is something that's just kind of something we say, like, I'm praying for you. Like, how often do people say that and they don't actually pray? But, but what we see in the story of Rahab is no matter how unqualified you are or immoral, or immoral you are, you're, you're, you're not worse in how, in how God can use you. In fact, you might even be in a better place for God to use you. And so often the reason I roll my eyes is I think surely not someone like me, surely not someone who struggles with the things I struggle with, surely not someone who has the doubts I do, who thinks the things that I think, surely I'm not the one that God would use. Um, but then I remember what I see in scripture and it's not the people you would expect um, that God chooses to use. So I have some questions for y'all to talk through tonight. Um, firstly, Rahab chooses to be a part of this story. 
Um, she pursues the spies. She makes the offer. She saw what God had done for Israel and responded. And so this is a thing we have to actively participate in. Um, again, like I said in the beginning, this is a partnership between God and man for his will to come here. If we don't move, God is still going to move, but we have the opportunity to play a role. And so my first question is, are you willing to actively choose to be a part of this? Um, or are you going to stand idly by? And do you find that choice difficult to make? Um, it, it's a scary, scary thing to, to choose to be a part of this. We see stories like Rahab where she makes a, a scary decision and really good things happen. And then we see stories like Stephen who makes a really good decision but winds up getting stoned for it. And so th- these decisions are not guaranteed to be safe. Um, but but, but are, do you find those choices difficult to make? And lastly, do you believe God has a plan for your life? It's one of those truths we see in scripture that is, it's an undeniable thing that, that God is sovereign and he has laid out his plans for us uh, before we're even at the age or stage in life um, to, par- to participate in them. But that's a much more difficult thing to believe, especially if you're stressed, especially in, in circumstances like right now. Um, and so, so talk about those questions. Talk about this story of Rahab because it's a wild one. Um, the more you talk about it, the more you're kind of like, whoa, that's actually kind of crazy that it was just some random prostitute that God choose, uh, chose to, to use for this and then set up the, the genealogy of Christ. How humble does a God have to be to, to have a, a, a prostitute at the, at the beginning um, of his genealogy? So I'm going to pray um, for y'all and for these questions, um, and then y'all can, can go to group. Father, thank you that you're sovereign over all things. Thank you that, that you're in the business of redeeming um, broken people like Rahab and, and David and Paul and Peter and me and, and, and my friends watching this right now. Um, thank you that nothing is um, that, that nothing is too broken to, to be uh, uh, unuseful. Um, that you make excellent use of cowards and sinners um, and prostitutes and Pharisees. Uh, that, that you're that you're faithful to us even we when we find it difficult to be faithful to you um, God like Emilio told us last week help us to be to be strong and courageous bold and courageous in being active participants in, in bringing your will here and seeing your kingdom come here um, and God help us to believe that you do have a plan for us um, help me to believe that if we can come to believe that God it's it's such a peaceful thing to, to know that, that we're, we're in your hands um, and, and that, that you work all things for the good of those who love you and, and for your kingdom. Uh, God, I pray that groups go well tonight, that we're honest and transparent. Um, and we pray these things in your name. Amen.